All right, good morning, everybody. If you're visiting today, uh, my name is Dave Nelson, pastor here at K2, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, and um, very excited about this day. Um, the words to that song, the chorus, it said, I've got all I wanted, more than I need, I got a man in my arm who loves me, why can't I let myself be happy? Isn't this crazy? I mean, you, you and I, you and I can actually be completely full and still want more. Can anybody say pizza? <laughs> like I, I, or can anybody say Thanksgiving? I mean, can, we have all experienced this where it's like, I don't even really want anything else and yet I want it. I, we always want more. And I shared this story years ago, but just really quick. When I was back in Michigan, my administrative assistant called me up and said, I hope you're free. I can't remember the dates, but she said, I hope you're free this week. And I looked at my calendar and I said, I am. Why? She goes, because we have somebody here who wants to get married and they'd like you to marry them. And I'm like, okay. And she said, and it's in Hawaii. And they want to fly you there to marry them. I'm like, I'm free. I don't even have to pray. I don't even know if I have to know if that's God's will. That's just God's will. And uh, so, and, and not only did they fly, they flew us first class. I, I mean, this was insane. I've never been to Hawaii, so we get there and so excited for them. We go to the hotel to drop them off and we walk in and, the, and he goes up to the bellhop behind the thing and he's figuring out his, his room reservation and the person looks at him and says, well, actually, we have an upgrade for you and we'd like to put you in and I can't remember what it was, like the presidential suite or whatever. So we walk up, they take us up to the thing. We open up the door. It's a two-story room with the spiring staircase up to the top, overlooking two stories of glass overlooking the ocean. And I just said, dude, what a, it's awesome. Like, and we just celebrated and rejoiced because he couldn't afford that, but they just gave it to him as a gift. It was so cool. So I was excited, you know, Susan and I, and I had, you know, looked around and got a hotel and I was right on the beach. I was excited to be there. We pull up to the hotel. It's a little, little, little thing with our outdoor entrance and we walk inside and there's two, you know, it's just a basic hotel. And I go, I can't stay here. <laughs> and I mean, literally, I'm like, there is no way I'm staying in this room. This is our one shot. I literally sat down and started looking through back then the phone book. That's how long ago this was. Started looking through the phone book because I was absolutely dissatisfied with my free trip to Hawaii in first class. Aren't we crazy? As human beings, we can go from amazing gift to being completely dissatisfied like this. And we're not fulfilled because we believe we're missing something. See, I saw something greater, and we always seem to need more. We always want more. Every advertisement that you watch on TV is just telling you, your life stinks. <laughs> no matter what you have, you could have this, and you'd be more satisfied, you'd be more enjoyed, you'd be happier. And that fits so perfectly because somehow, and I actually think God created us this way. As human beings in our nature, we want more. We just do. And so they tap into that. And so the next thing you know, no matter where you're at in your life, you're dissatisfied now. 
Some of you, let's just be honest, some of you this morning, you're miserable, actually, when you look at your circumstances. And so you get negative, and you're unhappy, and it, and it can even lead to us being depressed. And here's the truth. To not want more, you really simply need to be satisfied. And so I'm just going to tell you straight up, no matter where you are at today in your life, you can live a life where you enjoy it, where you are actually satisfied and you are happy. And here's what's interesting. So you saw the word contentment. We're going to talk about that. Here's what's interesting is God actually commands us to be that way. In the top 10 commandments, right? Moses comes down, made the top 10. The 10th commandment is, you shall not covet. You shall not want more than what you already possess. Now, it, again, I don't think it's wrong to actually want things. That's, so fun. That's fine. To, to have a desire to want things, is one guy I heard say, it's like you're the dog and the want's the tail. But as soon as you start coveting, it means I have to have this all of a sudden, your desire becomes the dog, and you're the tail. And it starts wagging you, and you can lose your life. So God actually, in the 10th commandment, you guys, is really just, a, it's like the bookend of the first one. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. And the 10th one says, so don't covet. So don't keep needing more things. So we titled this series, right, In God We Trust. That great phrase that's on our dollar. And if we're saying, in God I trust, what we're really saying then is, God, I, I love you. I love you. Right? The first commandment, love God. Now, here's what's interesting. If God commands you and I not to covet, then it actually is something we can do. God would not command us to do something that isn't possible. So it is possible to not have a heart that's constantly discontent, that's always needing more, all right? But this is what I love about God, and that, this is what I'm ex the, most, the biggest thing I'm excited about today in today's message, is he's gonna, I'm gonna teach you his word, and God is literally going to tell you today that he will give you what you need to live this way. God today wants you, this is so great, he literally wants you to enjoy. He wants you to be satisfied and he wants you to be happy. He actually does. And he's gonna show you how he can do that. Anybody ready for that? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for your concern for us. You are a good God. And you love each one of us in this room deeply, passionately. We're going to find that out this weekend, how much you love us. But specifically today, God, I know that you are ready to speak to every one of us in this room who's anxious, who's nervous about our finances, who's dissatisfied, who always looks over on the other side of the fence and feels like, why don't I have that? You, you are ready to touch every miserable, unhappy, discontent heart in this room. And I just thank you for that. So I'm asking, in Jesus' name, would you just fill this place now with your presence, with your spirit, 
Would you speak to us, God? Would you give us ears to hear? Would you, op- would you open the eyes of our heart so we can actually see clearly and understand the life that you want to give us? And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, I, I, w- I spent some time this last summer in Ecclesiastes, and that, that, the book of Ecclesiastes is, is Solomon, King Solomon. Solomon was the king that when God asked him, what would you like more than anything else? And Solomon, Solomon said, I would like wisdom to know how to actually rule your people. And God's like, wow, somebody who doesn't want just more stuff. So God gave him ultimate wisdom. But then in the midst of this wisdom, Solomon was, was looking at life, and he's like, why can't anybody be satisfied with life? Why is it that no matter what we have, we, we, and so he said, you know what, I'm going to, and he was the king, so he was like, I'm going to get everything I want, I'm going to meet every desire, I'm going to have every pleasure, and he went through this whole business, and then he has this beautiful passage, and he's going to help us today to understand what life can be like when we connect it with God. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and it's verse 19 and 20. Here's what he says. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot, and to be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Isn't that awesome? I love that last phrase. God actually is saying, I would love to keep all of you occupied. That word just means super busy. It means you don't have any time for anything else. Why? Because you're occupied with gladness of heart. Man, that's a beautiful thing. It's a life there. What is he saying? It's a life of enjoyment, of satisfaction, and happiness. And here's the definition of our word today. The definition of content, which is what we're looking at, how to be content, is a state of peaceful happiness and satisfaction. Timothy 6.6 says this, Godliness with contentment is great gain. So here's the first thing. As you walk in here today, Do we actually believe this, right? So here's what we're trying to do. Every time we get together and every time God's word gets presented to us, we realize that there's things that you might even know, but do you actually believe this? Do you believe that if you're content, that's the greatest gain? Because what does every human heart want? We want more. (laughs) And yet he's saying, this is how you want great gain? You want more? Then actually be content. So here's my phrase for today. A content life is a full life. A content life is a full life. So let's take this apart real quick. Ecclesiastes 5.19 said this, Moreover, God gives, when God gives, someone wealth and possessions. Now I'm going to teach on this, but this was our first message three weeks ago. So again, Solomon, the man with all wisdom, understands this. Number one, remember, everything we have belongs to God. It's all his. If you, if, you, if you need to go back to this whole idea of ownership, it was the first message three weeks ago. Everything we have belongs to God, and everything we have comes from God. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, and we have to start here, you guys. 
We have to start here. This is the most important foundational principle. The owner, because again, the owner, when you think who owns my stuff, just by the fact that I said my, I think it's mine. Who owns this? Whoever's the owner is the one who's in control. And again, when we are set, see ourselves as the owner, that's when stress and anxiety and fear and obsession, and again, we all know that money is one of the biggest things in our life, in the world, that disrupts our soul. And it's the number one cause or in the top two or three of the destroyers of marriage. So when we see ourselves as the owner, then we grasp it, we have the responsibility for it, we're trying to make it happen, and it all gets messed up. But when God is in control, and I did this again, I, I'm going to tell you, this is, I'm in this boat with you. It's really easy to just get up here and go, God owns everything. And then it's really weird to sit with my wife and look at our house and look at everything that's in there and all that we have and go, that's all God's. Then you hold it like this, but really what the reason he wants us to is because that's the place of peace. It really is the place of peace. And secondly, it's the place of joy. It is the place of joy. Because God, if it's his, you know what he loves to do? He loves to give. God is a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. And so again, what we talked about is God wants to bless you and give you so that you can, what? Be a giver. <laughs> because it's more blessed to give than to? See, you all know that. Do you believe that? <laughs> and so God is like, if you understand that I'm the owner, then at any time I can just ask you and I can help create within you a heart that's generous and generous people are the ones who are filled with joy. So this is how it all works. So here's what we need to understand then about contentment is contentment is a gift, okay? So if you actually want to live a life where you can enjoy a state of peaceful happiness and satisfaction, the interesting thing is contentment is a gift. So, again, Ecclesiastes, excuse me, 5, 19, and 20. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, now listen to this, and when he gives you the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy, this is the gift of God. This is the piece that I, I, I want to just help you to see and understand today. God can give you the ability to enjoy whatever you have. He can give you that. That word ability is the word for power. He actually can empower you to enjoy what you already have, to be satisfied with your lot, and to be happy in your toil. But here's what I'm, as, as I was studying this this week is, and you know what? It does take power. It does take an actual supernatural ability from God to help us actually be content. And I want to tell you, man, there's, there's not a soul in here. Because <laughs> when he says, when he says this, contentment, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain, right after that, that's when Paul says, for if we have food and clothes, we'll be content with that. Yeah, thank you for laughing, whoever's laughing. Anybody in here content with food and clothes? I'm like, dude, he didn't even put house in there. He just said, if I got food and clothes, I'm good to go. And I, they're all the rest of us. Now you just know you're not content, are you? I'm not either. And yet God says, we can do this, but you're going to need a power. And here's the key. 
You can be full of angst, discontent, and dissatisfaction, even right now, but you can live this life of deep, peaceful satisfaction if we learn how to have God give us the ability. Contentment is a gift that he gives us. No matter who you are and no matter what your circumstances are. This is not based on people who have six figures or people who are struggling to make ends meet. And we know that because of Philippians 4. Here's what, here's what Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 11. He says, I have learned to be I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Now think of it again. Remember the definition? Paul is saying, I have learned how to be at peaceful happiness and satisfaction in any situation. That's phenomenal. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all of this. I can do, in the main, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who gives me strength. So, first of all, contentment is a secret. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> he goes, you know, in other words, if it's a secret, what's a secret? Like, I go over to Susie, I'm like, and you're like, what? What's that mean? I don't know. That's what a secret means. You don't know. <laughs> so what Paul is saying, you and I are trying to figure out how to be content. We're all thinking, well, if I have a better job and I have more cars and if I have more money, if I have a spouse, if I get divorced, if I whatever, I'll finally be content. I'm looking for a state of peaceful happiness. And Paul's like, it's a secret, isn't it? You can't figure it out. You're like, what's God saying? I want to know. And he goes, I learned it. It's not obvious. And here's what he says, and I can have this whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm in plenty or in want. See, here's, here's what's interesting about that. Solomon literally had anything and everything that his heart desired, and he wasn't satisfied. And he said, this is meaningless that I can't seem to satisfy my soul. And so we all know people, it, when we look at them, we look at their lives and we go, some people actually have realized their dream. <laughs> they had a dream and they thought, man, if I get this, I'm going to finally say And then they got there and they're like, and this isn't it either? <laughs> and I'm telling you, that can actually be very depressing. <laughs> that can actually cause a lot of frustration. It can cause a lot of angst because you thought this would fulfill my life. And then you get it and it doesn't actually do it. And so some see it and they miss it even when they have it. And so then they're left to go, what is it? Well, then others never see their dream realized. And some people go through life and they're like, oh, I just, if I could only reach that, if I could only get there, and you never get there. And so you live the whole, your whole life the same thing. This guy got it and he's like, that's not it. You're thinking, but if I did get it, it'd be it. It's not it. It's a secret. And Paul says, I have learned the pro I learned how to be content, and it's a process. Now, I'm going to get to the heart and soul of this in just a moment. But before I do, I do want to say there is one really super practical thing that you and I can do that actually can help you be content. 
And Susie and I learned this with Dave Ramsey, okay? And, and we learned this really important thing, and it's about making a budget. Now, some of you do that, and you know this, but I'm telling you, if you've never made a budget, here's what Susie and I realized. When we didn't make a budget, and I, I was super good with my finances when I was single. Super good. And I, I, what are you laughing at? I really was. And I met Susie, man, that girl, she didn't spend a penny on nothing. I mean, she, we, we, and, and then we got married. And next thing you know, it's like, what? What is this, this credit card bill? We're like, what? Where, how did that happen? And this kept happening to us. We're next thing you know, we're like, I don't even, I don't know, because we weren't like buying big stuff. But man, apparently whatever we wanted, we just bought it. And, and we did that because we didn't have a budget. Now, this is a really important thing to learn. So we're going to have a, an expert teacher help us to understand this real quick. Uh, Steve Martin. Okay, watch this. I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Oh, let me see that. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. <laughs> now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? No. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. <laughs> the advice is priceless and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you can clap for Steve. Yeah. Isn't it hilarious, though? Like, seriously, like, we could go into all, you can take Dave Ramsey, which we're going to offer for you guys and all this kind of stuff, and, and pretty much it's like one page, just don't buy stuff you don't have money to buy. It, all right. But that's huge. And, but the thing that, what I, I, why I want to say, if you've never put together a budget, you don't even know what you really have and where you want it to go. And I know for me, and I, man, when I do premarital counseling now with, with, with couples, this is always, we, we, right? Since if money's one of the main things that's going to try to destroy your marriage, and we got to take a lot of time and spend and, and work on this. The coolest thing about a budget 
is you say, okay, here's my income, but then you realize, and then a budget is nothing but a value discussion. All you're doing is you're deciding this is what we value. And then, and especially if you are married and you have to work together, you can become one as you're working together to decide what you value. If you're single, it doesn't matter. What do you value? And then you put it in there and then you actually know where your money is going. So I just want to say, if you haven't ever put together a budget, this is a great way to learn how to be content because you've just decided, I know I have this much and this is actually where I'm going to spend it. Now, by the way, today at 11.30, we are actually providing a course just for an hour at 11.30 to help any of you who actually didn't have a budget or you had a budget, you didn't follow your budget and you spent the money you didn't have and now you are jacked up in debt. And if you are just sitting there going, and it's killing you, it's killing our relationship, and we don't know how to get out of it, 11.30, just go grab a bagel, get some coffee, stay for another hour, and we will help equip you and train you in how to do that, all right? Secondly, um, we are providing Dave Ramsey, and it was his course uh, that really, once we've figured out these financial principles, it helps Susie and I so much. That information is in your program right on the, on the front cover, okay? If you're interested, if these finances are killing you, take some steps and make it happen, all right? So now, but guess what? You can put together a budget. You can have a values discussion. You can decide this is what I'm going to do, but I'm telling you, it's still hard. And I just think it's so interesting. This is such a classic verse I just read it, Philippians 4, 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, isn't this interesting that strength, right? This is a gift. God can actually give you the gift of being able to be content. But for Paul, when he says, I need strength, and, in, in, and when Solomon was writing Ecclesiastes, he goes, God actually can give you the ability but this verse, first, uh, uh, when I think of this verse, Philippians 4.13, the first thing I usually think about are athletes, right? Like, like Stephon Curry. There he is. And, and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but if, you know, Philippians 4.13, he writes it on his shoe. Susie played college volleyball. She goes, don't make fun of that. I wrote it on my shoe. You, if, you, if you put in Philippians 4.13, tons of athletes put it on there. And he says it re-represents a Bible verse I wear on my shoe, Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's also my mantra. It's how I get up for games. It's why I play the way I do. Last night, 38 points, 15 rebounds. Everybody should write Philippians 4.13 on their shoe. Because <laughs> then maybe you'll play like Stephon Curry. No. Why do athletes take this verse and cling to it because they know they're going in to a battle. They know they're going to be tested. They know they're going to be challenged. They know they're going to have a foe on the other side that's doing everything they can to stop them from being able to play. And, and, and they're not asking for physical strength. They're asking for an inner strength to, through God to be able to do this. And here's the secret to being content. You and I need to be given strength and ability 
and power because it is going to be hard to actually be satisfied with what we have. Everything in the world, every advertisement, everything in the world is telling you you don't have it. The enemy spiritually lies to us constantly trying to destroy us. That's what Jesus said. The enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does that through our finances. And your own flesh is always going to want more. You are going to have a challenge and a fight against you. But God says, but I can give you the ability. And through my strength inside you, you can do this. And that word secret literally is it's a mystery. It's an initiative into the mysteries. And the mystery, the secret of all ages, the Bible tells us, is Christ in you. All right? So a content life is a full life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But now let's unpack this last thing. Full life, deep satisfaction, is also a gift. It is something that you and I can receive. Jesus said it point blank in John 10.10. And it's interesting because I didn't put up the first part of the verse. The first part of 10.10 says this. The thief comes (laughs) to steal and kill and destroy. But look what Jesus says. I have come so that you may have life and life, and everybody say this with me, life to the full. Full. (laughs) See, and again, the only way to be content, to not need more, is somehow you got to be satisfied. And Jesus is saying, I came that you may have, that you may possess fullness of life. And here, here's what, if I was thinking about this week, here's what hit me. When you love what you have, you don't need more. When you love what you have, you don't need more. You know, I actually, I, I like Susie. I love my wife. I have no desire for any other woman at all. I love what I have. I love my kids. I love my 2006 Pilot with 215,000 miles on it. I really do. Every time I hop in that car, I just love my car. And yeah, it's old, but I love it. And so you know what? I don't need anything else. When you love what you have, then you don't need more. And Jesus is saying, I, can give you something that when you possess it, you'll love it so much that you won't need anything more. So Paul says, I learned the secret of being content, whether I have nothing or whether I have everything, through Christ who gives me strength. You know why he said? He gave us the secret the chapter before. In Philippians 3, here's what he says. Whatever But whatever were gains to me, there it is, right? Godliness with contentment is great gain. But Paul also, he went off right before this, he says, man, I was everything. I had all this stuff. He goes, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage 
that I may gain Christ. Here's what, G, here's what Paul's saying, and I'm going to tell you, this is absolutely my experience too. He says, when I finally knew Christ, everything else is just garbage, comparative. I love what I have so much that everything else is a loss to me. I don't need more because I have everything because I know Christ. So, John 17, 3, Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. This is eternal life, that you know him. Did you guys hear me? And again, I say this a lot here, but if you're visiting, did you hear that? Eternal life is not just getting to go and live forever in heaven. Eternal life is something you can have right now. And I don't know about you, but eternal life, that's pretty big. That's huge. It is the fullness of life. And what is it? I know him. I know him. And, I, and, I, and I'm really working hard in my own life. This, I, it has become so deeply ingrained within me. But I'm, I'll probably say this a lot. I have. I'm going to continue to say it. Because until we get this, we don't know him. Okay? Why do I know this woman more than anyone else on the planet? And it's because I have let Susie into my life. I share everything with her. She sees everything. And she still loves me. This is insane. I know that about her. Because she's got into my dark places, my ugly places, She's seen everything. I let her into my life so I know her. That's half of how you know somebody. The other half is Susie actually has to let me into her life. And I actually have to want to be in her life, right? I have to be interested in her and her dreams and, and ask questions and get to know her. I want to understand her. That's when you know someone. So eternal life is when you know God. That means the level that you let God into your life life. You let him in. So you let him into this whole area of finances. You don't shut him out and say, God, I don't want you touching my finances. No, you go, God, come on in to my life. Come into my work. God is saying, I can actually make you happy with your toil. He's talking about your labor. Let him into your work. Let him into your marriage. Let him into your sexual life. Let him into your dreams. Let him into your, you let him in. That's half of it. The other half is you go, and God, I'm going to get into you. I'm going to open up this word, and I'm going to find out who you are. I want to know you. Come on, you guys. Anybody who's ever fallen in love, all you want to do, I just want to know you. I want to know you. Do you want to know him? And then once you find out who he is, you join him. You actually follow him to the level that you let Jesus into your life and to the level you totally surrender and say, and whatever you tell me to do, Jesus, I'm going with you. You will know God. And Paul did this radically. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have done this radically. I have had 
seasons, moments in my life where I literally gave up everything to him and let him have control of all of my life. I remember the first time I did this, or, or, I was dating, and it, oh. I don't have time. But I do remember in high school making a really tough decision of surrender to him. And I remember sitting on the top of this mountain. It wasn't a mountain. I was in Michigan. It was a big hill <laughs> in Michigan. And literally, once I surrendered to him, I just remember thinking, Everything, I, I'm free. I don't need anything else. And this is what God wants to do in you. So, how do you do this? How do you do this? Here's the first thing. You need to be filled with his spirit. Ephesians 5.18 simply says this. Be filled with his spirit. See, it is Jesus, your creator, and his love the Bible says, I wish you had the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Again, you, that seems really big to me. We can't even grasp how wide and long and high and deep is God's love for you. Here's what I know. When you're loved deeply by another person, you get satisfied. And so you need to learn how to receive. You need to be filled with his spirit. Because when you learn how to receive his spirit, then he pours his love. Romans 5 says he pours his love into your heart through the spirit. Okay? So for some of you in this room, you have never actually, because the way you receive the spirit is you put your faith in Jesus. You with Jesus... I have been doing my own thing, following my own way. Please forgive me. I'm going to turn from under my own life, and I want to receive forgiveness for that, and I want to receive your spirit. And Jesus says, I give my spirit to anyone who believes in me. And when the spirit comes in, then the spirit, actually, God pours his love. And once you feel loved by God, once you know you are loved by God, it's the most satisfying thing. And then for all of you who are Christians, that, that verse, be filled with the Spirit, it means to be continually filled. It's not a one-time filling. You gotta, it, means, it means keep being filled. And that's why I, and this is why I'm like, as a dad, I just want to go, come on, guys. Do you know that every morning you could get up and be filled with the Spirit of God? You open up his word and read the truth and the truth is light and it gets rid of the darkness and the truth of his love gets poured into your heart and you actually get to meet with him. If you get up, if you would spend time and pray and connect, I can't experience, if I never saw her, if I never heard anything from her, I would start doubting. I wouldn't know what she really thinks about me. And then somebody else attractive could come by and who knows what would happen. And that's what happens with God. We don't, we don't know that he loves us. We don't think that he loves us. Look at all this stuff. You need to keep being filled with the spirit who reveals God's love for you. And when you do that, you're letting him in. And then the second thing he says, since we live by the spirit, let's keep in step with the spirit. 
Because when you open up his word, he's going to say, okay, this is, oh, this is what, this is what you want me to do? <laughs> and Jesus says, if you hold to my teachings, which means you actually follow them, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so for some of you in here, you're like, I don't know this God. I don't feel deeply satisfied. I'm not full. I'm not enjoying everything. I need more and it's driving me crazy. Could it be because you're not in step with the Spirit? Is there anything that he's asking you to do that you're saying no to him? Are you doing things he doesn't want you to do and you're not in step with him? If you will keep in step with him, that's how you get into his life. That's how you join him. And you let him in, and you join him, and he's in you, and you're in him, and you know him. And I'm going to tell you, man, that's the secret to being content, is Christ is in me, and I know him. So here's how I want to close with us today. Would you guys just close your eyes with me? And I'm just going to simply, Jesus, I know that you're here. You inhabit our praise and our worship. We've been worshiping you all morning just by being here. I know you're here. And I'm just declaring, you are Lord of lords. You are King of kings. You are present and you are light. And I just want to say right now that I cast out all darkness and deception and lies. And Satan, you who Jesus says seeks to steal and kill and destroy, I just command right now that you are not allowed to be in this moment. Not here. We are here in the presence of Jesus Christ. In the midst of that, you guys, I want you to Simply ask one simple question. God, what do you want me to know about contentment? What are you speaking to me about today? And then ask him, and Jesus, what do you want me to do? How do I keep in step with you? God, I thank you for being here this morning. And I do pray, God, that if we have put anything above you, if we have coveted you, if you are not, if we have put something else above you and saying, I need this to satisfy me, would you just help us to turn away from that and turn towards you and to receive the filling of your spirit, of your truth and your love. And God, again, I pray not only in this moment, but in the ones to come this week, just show us, God, how to keep in step with you. Because if we know you and we know your love and we know intimately the fullness of your presence, that's the secret to being content. And I pray that you give us that grace in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, so the band is going to come up, you guys, and, uh, and now we're just going to give you a chance to worship, right? And worship, yes, we're going to sing this. We've been worshiping, but worship is really when you set him above anything else. Now, the truth is, we have other things we worship. We have these idols <laughs> that we feel like we need. I have to have this thing to feel satisfied. I have to have this and right now, you need to take anything that you feel like you need, anything you've been desiring more than God, and you just need to put it in its rightful place, and you need to worship him, and you say, Jesus, I want to know you. And I'm looking to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to have no other gods before me. And as you do that, then Jesus will come. His spirit will come. And he will minister to you. And he will give you the strength <laughs> to do this. He will give you the ability to do this. Because everything else is garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing him. All right? So let's stand together and let's spend some time in your heart declaring, telling your heart, telling your soul, I'm wanting him more than anything else on this planet.